Chapter 4 At Sea It was easy to look in the mailbox and spot which ones were from him. All of RG's letters came in the same standard-issue V-mail, or victory mail, envelope, ribboned on the outer edges with red, white, and blue swirls, like a barbershop pole, American flag colors. The paper the soldiers and sailors wrote on was thin and flimsy, though, so Agnes was always careful as she slid out every one of RG's letters, unfolded the paper, and began to read. He almost always started his letters with, My darling. Sometimes, My sweetie. My dearly beloved. My everything. When she had finished reading the letter twice over, she would write a response back, then delicately fold the thin paper and slide it back in the envelope. She then placed it with all the others, stacked in a box in a safe, dim place, away from harm. While R.G. was gone on his special mission, they still hadn't told him what the purpose of that mission would be. Agnes had moved back to live with her parents in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where they'd recently relocated after leaving McGackiesville. She figured she could use her family's help once the baby came. She'd been feeling worse the further along she was, the cold sickness weighing on her more heavily. But she assumed that was just the adjustment period, all the traveling and getting reacquainted with her new living arrangements. Her due date was in early March. Each day, her stomach grew a little rounder, a little fuller. Each day, another red, white, and blue envelope waited in the mailbox. But by the middle of December of 1944, Agnes stopped opening Archie's letters. Her mother or her sisters could have brought them to her in the hospital, but with the drugs the doctors had given her for the pain, Agnes hardly knew what was going on most of the time. More often than not, she didn't even know who Archie was, or remember that she was pregnant. The doctors shook their heads. They told her family it wasn't up to them anymore. Her condition rapidly deteriorated as Christmas approached. On the worst days, when Agnes could barely move, she would slur her words and talk about things from her childhood as if she were living them all over again, while her mother and sisters sat at her bedside, telling her, It's okay. It's okay. Stroking her hand, brushing the hair from her sweat-soaked face. Each day, after returning home from the hospital, her mother would retrieve Argy's latest red, white, and blue letter from the mailbox. As always, she would carefully stack that day's unread letter with the others in a drawer at the house, a stack that grew a little taller each day. At Sea, December 9th, 1944. My darling, we are sailing along now. Things are going very well. I was a little that way with seasickness for a while, but I think I will be okay now. Some of the fellows were mighty sick for a while. There's not so much to do on the ship. I've been working in the ship's library, have a lot of magazines and paper-bound books. The Red Cross gave us a very nice kit with soap, cards, shaving kit, candy, mints, a book, and I do not know what else. Sure would like to have gone to church with you this morning. We had a very nice service on board. Are you still having a harsh winter? We have started getting our sun baths. Incidentally, they are the only baths we get. Did they cut anything out of the letters I have written before? I do not think they did, but one or two things they might have. What did the doctor tell you when you went to see him the last time? Hope you have not been having any more trouble. Have you taken any of the progress pictures yet? Well, I guess I will just have to try to make it until we can be together again. Take the very best care of you. Stay as sweet as you are. All my love, Bob. At Sea, Thursday, December 14th, 1944. My darling, 
Regardless of how far you and I get, it will never be so far that I will not be thinking of you every minute I have half a chance. Have you been taking your walks and getting the proper exercise? Were you able to find a place to keep the car when you are not using it? I hope so. Have you had any trouble with the battery? I'm afraid it will not make it through the winter. It has been quite windy and not so warm on deck today. This should get there before Christmas, but I doubt if any others do. So, since I cannot be with you, have the very nicest Christmas possible. I will be there in spirit, if not in person. Hope everything is the very best possible. If it is not the merriest, we will make up for it next year. If this is to get censored in time, I better sign off for now. Take the very best care of you. Don't worry about me. Yours with all my love, Bob. At sea, Friday night, December 15th, 1944. My darling, the sea was a little rough Saturday and yesterday, and it seemed to get me down again. I was not so sick, but the bunk was the most comfortable place I could find. I did not feel too much like eating, either. I'm about over it all now again, and I hope I can keep my sea legs this time. Since we could not get any mail for a while, I, of course, reread the letters I have. I read them all again tonight. They are all so sweet, so kind, encouraging, and everything that letters should be. But I hope it will not be so long before we can be talking in person again. There was a very small new moon tonight. It would be so nice to watch it shine on the water with you in my arms. It is the first moon we have seen in so long. Good night, my love. Bob. At Sea, Thursday, December 21st, 1944. My darling, I've been feeling better the last few days, but I am sure the sea life is not the life for me. We crossed the equator recently. It is not so hot, but plenty warm enough. My suntan is coming along right well, but has a long way to go. I'm taking it easy so I do not get burned. We do not know yet where we will be on Christmas. We may stay in port for a while, or we might continue sailing. I would like to do both. To stay in port to get clean and a little relaxation from the trip, and to continue sailing shortly thereafter because the sooner we get there, the sooner I can hear from you. So we will just have to wait and see what happens. I miss you so very much, and if possible, I love you more every day. Take the very best care of you and the cherub, and of course, stay as sweet as you are. Have you thought of any more names for the baby yet? Yours with all my love, Bob. In port, somewhere in Brazil. Christmas Eve, 1944. Darling, I guess right now you are sitting in the warm, cozy living room with a little fire in the fireplace, listening to a program and taking it easy. I hope you are feeling fine and everything is the very best with you. Did you have any snow? It is quite warm here, but not as much as I expected. In the sun, it really is hot. We wear as few clothes as possible. I wish I had brought shorts along. The colonel just called us down and he is going to take us uptown tonight for dinner. We are very much excited and pleased about that. We have such little chance to get ashore anyway. But this is a special treat, this Christmas present for the gang. Really is nice of them. The chaplain took some of us over to a nearby naval base for church service this morning. It really was a very nice service. They had some special music and a very good sermon. I have not heard anything about the Christmas dinner on the ship. They may have that on the morrow. Sure would like to be eating the super delicious dinner that I know you will have. And the more super it is will depend on how much of it you prepare. Everything you do is so, so perfect. Some of the boys have been fishing off the side of the ship. Yesterday, one of the fellows caught a nice fish. After our dinner tonight, perhaps there will be some more things I can tell you, but I better get ready for that. Take the very best care of you and the cherub. Yours with all my love, Bob. In port, somewhere in Brazil, 
Friday, December 29th, 1944. My darling, sorry I did not get around to writing yesterday. I was very busy all day, and last night I was a bit too tired. We are beginning to believe there is something to talks they tell about people not having quite as much energy here in the tropics. I think we will go swimming again this afternoon. It is very good swimming, but we cannot stay in very long, as we are often so busy. It seems to me the nights are brighter here during full moons than there, but it may just be my imagination. There is certainly a lot more light in the day. The sunglasses are almost a necessity. The nights sure are beautiful, and I miss you all the more if that is even possible. It has been so, so long, yes, very, very long since I left you, and almost a decade, it seems, since I've gotten a letter. It will be a wonderful late Christmas present just to get a stack of letters from you. I will be so glad to get them, and I hope it will be soon. I can hardly wait. Hope you are fine and dandy these days, and everything is okay. Write me soon. Yours with all my love. Bob. In port, somewhere in Brazil. Saturday night, December 30th, 1944. My darling, here it is another beautiful night in Brazil, and I miss you so very, very much. I cannot begin to tell you how much I miss you all the time. I do not know how much longer we will be here before we move on to our mysterious destination. The waiting is very nice, but I think we'll all be glad to get settled down to work. But the work here will be very different, I'm sure. I know it was so wonderful to be able to come home to you each afternoon, and I'm sure you've not changed unless you are sweeter and more wonderful, but I do not see how that could be. As usual, I had my breakfast about 8 this morning. If any of us do not want to get up till noon, that is okay too. We went for a nice swim in the ocean this morning and again this afternoon. The water really is wonderful, and we have a lot of fun under the waves, as they say but it would be so much more fun to be on the seashore with you. I'm getting a very nice tan. I got a little red this afternoon, but not enough to burn. This sun really is right hot, but I've been very careful about staying out too long. I'm listening to the hit parade again. Wish it could be with you in my arms. Hope I can be sending you a cable before too long saying that I've received a stack of those wonderful letters and that everything is fine. All my love, Bob. In port, somewhere in Brazil, Monday. New Year's Day, 1945. My dearly beloved, how are things with my darling and everything in general in the States on this, the first day of 1945? I certainly hope you are fine and this turns out to be the best of the years so far. A lot of things can happen in 365 days and I hope the events that affect your life will be all for the best. Since we have to start it so far apart, I hope we can be together again for the end and long before. It seems like almost a year since I left you now. And not to have heard from you so long does not help any. I better see if I can get this censored so it can be on its way to the sweetest and most wonderful wife in all the world. I love you so much. Happy New Year. All my love. Bob. Ascension Island, January 3rd, 1945. My darling, as you see, at last, we are here. Our mysterious destination. We arrived this morning. I never thought I would be very glad to get to a place so far from home, but knowing that I was coming and all the days en route made me and the others very glad to get here and safely and soundly at that. Of course, the biggest attraction here, by far, was those letters from my darling. I cannot tell you how glad I was to get them, but I am so very, very sorry that you've had so much trouble. I sure hope it has all improved by this time. Another very bad part is the fact that the last letter I have from you was mailed December 13th. I had letters from Mama mailed December 22nd and 26th, and some of the fellows had several mailed as late as December 28th. I will have them to look forward to tomorrow or 
whenever they get here unless they were lost, but I'm so very anxious to know how you are after all the trouble you've had. I should have gotten one or two more letters before I left by ship, but I'm afraid I would have been so much more unhappy than I was, knowing you were having so much trouble and now not hearing from you for such a terribly long time. Had letters from Virginia, Anna Mae, Pa, Clement, Kate, and Josephine. I cannot understand why I do not have any more of your letters. I think there is a possibility they have them here at the post office, mixed in with some other mail. Surely I will get them soon. I am so very, very sorry I did not have the chance to take better care of my darling before I left so quickly in Baltimore. Then for me to learn only now that you did not tell me in Baltimore that you were feeling as badly as you were. If I can get a report to the effect that you are feeling much better now and are feeling good, I will feel a lot better myself. I am glad the doctor gave you some little good news amid all the bad reports. Sure hope the cherub is a strong, vigorous little baby, and his mother has an easy a delivery as possible when the time comes in the next few months. Ordinarily, they say mail gets to or from the States in five to seven days, and sometimes four. All mail, first class, comes by air from Miami anyway. So with all the bad flying weather, the regular mail may get here much quicker. With all the snowstorms you had in December, that may be one reason why I have not received any more of your mail. There's so much to say about you, the sweetest and best wife in the world, that I hesitate to say anything about myself or the island. They had told us all the way down here what an awful place this was, but we are finding it much better than we expected. The days get rather warm, but they say we need one or two blankets every night. That sure is good news for me. We will live in tents with wood floors. They have very little rain here. There's certainly very little vegetation in the island, except on a farm up on Green Mountain. We will likely go up there soon on a visit. Our secret project is certainly meeting with great approval from those stationed here. I will tell you more about it later, assuming that's okay to reveal. Looks like they have excellent recreation facilities. Most types of athletics, including golf, much to my astonishment. I had not expected to find one here, of all places. I do not know where they play, but I will try to find out as soon as possible. I miss you so very much. All my love, Bob. Ascension Island, Sunday, January 7th, 1945. My darling, no more letters yet from the one I love so very, very much. I'm still at a loss to know what could have happened to them. After all this delay, I'm beginning to think that you may be very sick. I sure hope I am wrong and that you are fine now. Hope the mail is and has been getting through to you and that you are fine. All my love, Bob. Ascension Island, Monday, January 8th, 1945. My darling, I tried starting this letter early this morning and now it is night. We went off on two or three expeditions and this is my first chance to continue, even though we actually accomplished very little today. No mail again today. If it does not get here soon, it will have been more than a month since I've heard from my darling, but it seems like a year or longer. Sure hope you are fine. All my love, Bob. Ascension Island, Tuesday, January 9th, 1945. My darling, again, no mail. I cannot understand what can be the delay. In a letter, my sister said she talked with all the folks, and your folks included, the day before Christmas, but she did not say a word about how you were. Mama said she had heard from you too, but she did not say anything about how you were either. So I hope by them not saying you had not been so well or something means that you really are fine and everything is going good. I'm so anxious to know that you are fine. You've had such an awful lot of trouble. I love you so very much. 
Please be okay. All my love, Bob. All day long, Agnes lay in bed and looked out the window, staring at the paved driveway outside the hospital building. She kept looking at that driveway, focusing on it as best she could. It was about all she could manage to do. The days had blurred together. She was sick. She'd never been so sick in all her life. Maybe she'd made a mistake. She'd been lying to R.G. No, not lying, but then she hadn't been all the way truthful either about how sick she'd been, about how miserable and scared she'd been. Why worry him when there was nothing he could do? Now she looked out the window at the hospital driveway, and she kept looking. It was Christmas. She knew because someone had told her. Hospital hallways were decorated with holly and tinsel and gleaming golden bells. A blurry image of that somewhere in the back of her mind. Or was today the day after Christmas? Or the week after? She could see snow falling outside over the pavement, but it looked so far away, like something out of a dream. Two babies, not just one. The doctors had taken them both. She kept on looking out the window, feeling gutted, empty. She wasn't sure if she were dying or not. The doctors probably wouldn't tell her if she were. She was not supposed to have given birth for more than two months. It made her feel like a failure. She was so sick it was beyond her comprehension of how truly paralyzed by sickness a person could be. She could feel herself sinking down deeper, but she didn't have the strength to kick herself out. Where had they gone with her babies? They had taken them from her. She wanted to get up, to find them, but she was too weak. It was Christmas, 1944. She was 27 years old. She remembered now. They said they would send for R.G. They would send for her husband. That she remembered too. She remembered telling them, begging them, the doctors, the nurses, please, send for him, please. And they had promised they would. R.G. would receive the news and be on a plane roaring over the ocean to come to her, soon enough. She could sense him getting off the plane now, could see him in her mind, in his uniform, stepping out of the plane's doorway. And by now he would already be in a taxi cab, rushing nearer. She would see him soon. So she kept looking out the window at the hospital driveway, waiting for the moment when she would see the taxi cab pull up, when her husband would step out into the falling snow and come back to her. Ascension Island, Wednesday, January 10th. My everything. I hardly know where to start. Three letters from my darling today. I cannot begin to tell you how sorry I am about all your illness and about the loss of one of our babies. But I'm so very glad you are out of danger now and that Agnes Gray is doing so well. I wish so much I could have been there. I had about decided something very bad must have happened since I did not hear from you for so long. I'm so very glad you did not have any further complications, and I certainly hope and pray you do not have any more. You must have had about the worst possible time. I'm so glad you're feeling so much better now and have a good appetite. If I could just hold you and kiss you, I think you might understand a little better how much I love you and how much you mean to me. I'm so very sorry I have to be so far away. The cable has not yet arrived. If the War Department sent one, it should be here by this time, and I have been expecting a reply to the one I sent regarding my request to be flown home for an emergency furlough, however briefly, to be by your side. I'm so very glad the little one is getting along so well. I hope she will be able to leave the hospital soon. 
I'm sure she would steal my heart away. Her mother certainly did the first time I saw her, and especially after I got to know her, and she has had it ever since. I love you both so much. You're just the best wife and mother in all the land. And darling, you know that I just love the name. Agnes Gray. I think it is very sweet. If the other little girl, Carol, could have lived, it would have been so wonderful, but... But I'm sure the doctors and nurses did everything in their power, and that is limited. I'm so thankful they have taken care of you and the other. I would like so very much to hold you both. It would be so wonderful and such a thrill. I'm sure Agnes Gray was so very sweet with that little thumb in her mouth. Three pounds and three ounces. I have never seen or heard of a baby being as small as she is. I also had a letter from Virginia today. She mentioned about me being a father but did not say much else. I'm so very glad your letters arrived with them since yours did not get here sooner. I need not tell you which ones I read first. It was such a shock. It was good I had a place to sit down. Tell the doctors and nurses I appreciate so very much the care they have given you and Agnes Gray. My sisters said they had asked Pa to send you some money. I certainly hope he did. If not, write or wire him to send some, however much you need. I will write him and send it, and that will take care of it, but I am reasonably sure he has sent you some. I know you must need much for the specialists and other expenses for a baby so small, and if the government does not pay the doctors and hospital in full for their services, tell them we will. Most of all, I hope you and our little cherub get along the very, very best. I miss you so dreadfully and love you so very, very much. I wish so much I could at least talk to you on the phone. Good night, my everything. Yours with all my love, Bob. Dot, dot, dot. Daddy.